Greetings and welcome to Fractured Frequency, a podcast of the Queston Network. I'm your host, Yiming Piansai. Today is a very, 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 very special episode. And I say this not to lie to anyone because it really is. Today on the show, we have someone who you guys do know who was here about, about one or two ago, Albert Felipe, and someone who has never been on the show in any of its forms margin call or this one Jorge Garcia and I'm really excited to have them on today because we're kind of doing a part two of our other episode with Albert on relationships basically when I talk about heady things portals open and they emerge and then when you say the special keyword they come flying back at you like a bat out of hell and that is how I am defining this moment with Albert and, and Jorge it is very special but also very random but very cool at the same time so when once again, Albert and Jorge, welcome to Fractured Frequency. I'm very excited to have you on, and I hope you guys are doing good today. Kind of a history lesson for people who don't know us or know this show or Margin Call or any of these things um, about, oh my God, how long ago was it? More than 10 years ago, uh, we all worked at New America Media, a ethnic news service based in San Francisco. While I was a meager youth reporter trying to survive, these two men were shaping minds, providing helpful feedback, and basically just giving random therapy sessions at work for no charge, essentially. (laughs) At least that's how I saw it. But always, always free, always free of charge. I really appreciated knowing you two then because like like I've said in a previous episode, like I was never I was never in like the greatest of spaces. I was in a particular space. I wasn't very happy. I was yeah. getting out of a really bad relationship and I didn't think very highly of myself at that time. And you guys were like literally like right in front of like diagonal to me a little bit. And so you could I mean Albert I know could see how sad I looked every day. And Jorge was just was just there and he would just like I would just just like roll over yeah. my chair and be like, hey, you guys got a minute. I have some feelings. And you guys would talk to me and it was very helpful and very reflective. And I don't think I valued it as much as I should have at the time because I couldn't really comprehend a lot of the things you were saying to me. And I would eventually learn these things as I got older, eventually, years later. But I really appreciated your presence in my life at the time. It was it was like a it was like being wrapped in a warm blanket and just like kept in like a bundle so you can't hurt yourself kind of feeling. <laughs> which I which which I really appreciate about you guys. And and ultimately, you know, we all left at, at different times and even though I didn't see you guys as much as I would have liked. Like we still kept in kept in contact. I would I know I would me and Jorge would share current stories of things going on in our lives and kind of give each other low-key therapy over text message and that was always really sweet and occasionally Albert would invite me out to like an event where he was DJing and so even though it's like we I did not see them anymore because we no longer worked at the same organization it was always really great that it was maintained in some capacity even though it wasn't the same it had evolved so yeah once again thank you guys for coming on and I'm gonna throw it to Albert because I'm tired of talking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course, because, you know, I'll fill up the space. But, you know, I, I think I think what's really cool about just our experience over at New American Media was just like, you know, 
we were, you know, we were all in a place that actually, you know, kind of like really helped along us trying to voice, you know, who we were in some way, shape or form. Right. But what's really cool is just like we came from three totally distinct paths and, and converged at New America Media. Right. Because, uh, you know, Jorge could tell you, like, you know, we were sitting like directly in front of each other, so we couldn't ignore each other. Right. Like we were literally facing each other. It wasn't like a cubicle. It was just like <laughs> literally facing each other. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, like, you know, in working with youth, I think um, Jorge and I connected on that immediately. And again, yeah, you were young. But I think also at the same time, Jorge and I came in with a very uh, genuine kind of like understanding of of you know, hey, you know, we want to be able to have conversations with young people too, not just like, you know, I hate putting that that tag as far as like counseling, but I think we came in very genuine in that this, you know, and, and I think it was reflective of our work, but I think it was also reflective of how we wanted to manage and maintain relationships. Now, I, I know I did, so I'll let Jorge, you know, talk a little bit more about his experience in us meeting each other but i think you know it was it did start at a very genuine place i remember uh allegra um so allegra was the reason i ended up at new american media i she was my supervisor for an outside project and so she would kind of bring me into the office and then she started kind of training me to to take her position and it was it was there were big shoes to fill because I, th- I feel like allegra was um i don't know such an amazing uh spirit and like caring person in that space and so yeah i just remember landing and being like oh my god like this news organization is working with youth and young adults that are in you know they come from such divergent kind of experiences and and pathways and how do you shape support for them so i i think i i landed um just trying to fill big shoes and also just trying to see where i fit in and see um see how i could help because it was obvious that the organization was mainly focused on kind of producing copy and, and shows and and uh, and there was not a lot of attention paid to the to the very human dimensions of 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 people uh, young people trying to because writing is like deeply personal and the stories that that y- y'all were working on were like they were heavy stories and so it was like. Um, there was just this outsized kind of human dimension to, I don't know, like uh, the things that were happening in the organization. And and because it was a professional, quote, um, <laughs> uh, news organization with a lot of, you know, very experienced journalists, there was a way that there was this kind of layer of people that just didn't have time for that. Like they, they were like, whatever, get it together. Like you're, you're in the, you're at the adult table, you know, like pick it up and so there was i think albert and i did work to like yeah people are producing like high level stuff and and they're young and they and they're trying to figure out life and and some of them have had kind of really hard experiences and it, it for some it's not out it's not all adding up quite yet uh they haven't figured it out so it's like i feel like that was our that's part of what we did what's also interesting is that is that even though there were adults there, looking back on it, the adults weren't really adults. <laughs> I think that's kind of fascinating. 
to have not really adults you know, deal with kids. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think that is what helped us form that relationship and that friendship. Um, I think in part of our conversations before we really got into our own personal deep stuff with each other, I think what wound up happening is that it, it regardless of the fact that the, the organization allowed a space for us to actually say, you know, these kids are producing some real heavy stuff. They're using the most recent technology and they're really pr producing these, this high quality stuff. But here's the thing, you know, what's churning out isn't being respected in some sort of way. Right. Um, you know, that's just my opinion. And I think we saw that when we started seeing some of these young people, they were really going ahead and showing themselves wholeheartedly. But I think where we connected was just like, well, you know, it's just more than print and video. And I think what wound up happening is that we formed our own opinions and our own biases around that. And I really think that that's really why maybe, I mean, seeing that we all saw that in some sort of way kind of like linked us together because it was kind of like, well, we did come from three distinct paths, but I think once we understood the common likes between us and understanding what we were facing, I think that kind of like opened the doors for us to kind of like take conversations outside of the organization. So, you know. Um, it is kind of like interesting because I'm thinking of our previous conversation about vulnerability and what vulnerability actually opens up, not only within ourselves, but when you hear another person be vulnerable and it allows us to say either, yeah, me too, or hey, let me help out too. So that's what I, I think kind of like resonates right now. Yeah, I I think for, for at least for me, a, bi a big part of that was because I was working with kids and I was like, my sole purpose was get them to produce work, get them and make them trust you in the process. <laughs> and um, and so I didn't have the side of my brain functioning yet where I was like, there's a reason why they are a certain way, there's a reason why they respond a certain way. And I wasn't seeing that how to how to do that on from my side of things. So when we started talking more and I started attending the like the social work meetings and I was like it just my 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 brain exploded because I like didn't understand that this was all happening on top of what I was doing. And it like these kids came from so many crazy backgrounds and I this sheltered ass born in Richmond, in San Francisco, um, lived in a bubble for most of my youth. Um, and I was, I was in real time seeing like these, these, these lives that I was seeing on a daily basis and asking them to do things and not having the thought in my head that, oh, you know, they, they have these, they have things going on in their lives that I, that may be impacting them whether it's obvious or not and so even though our relationship I saw is mainly like you know I feel like I'm 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 growing in a different way because I talk to you guys so frequently because we work together every day for like however many years um but you also really um showed me whether it was intentional or just kind of happenstance that these kids that we're working with they need to 
be treated like you would treat your friend, not in a literal sense, but you know, to love them in a, in a similar way where there's love and there's support. And you guys really emphasize that in a very subtle way. It wasn't like over, it wasn't like you forced it down my throat, but over time I, I began to understand. I, I may have gone way off topic with this, so I apologize. But that's a thought I had in my head while you were saying that. You know, I was gonna say, I landed, when I when I started at um, Numeric Media, I was just at the very beginning of a kind of very hard kind of recovery process. We had gone through a lot of loss, and I, um, I found, one of the things that I found funny about uh, Numeric Media folks at least the folks who I landed with, is that there was this kind of authenticity and they were, like, really curious about you. And some of that is people that were journalists and in or in training to be journalists. So, like, I think journalists tend to be really kind of... They get in there, they want the details. But I felt like I landed and and people were unafraid to ask me about kind of how I was doing day-to-day um how, how uh it, in a, in a way it felt really kind of profoundly therapeutic you know it was like i'm surrounded by people that know my story and are curious about how i'm, I'm kind of moving forward um curious about unique little details uh you know because they would ask and so i felt uh you said bundle but i i felt that way um in conversations with you and Omar and and Albert and Rupa and um, uh, all these different kind of characters that were around. I, I didn't understand the uniqueness until I, I took my my next job, which was at a, a writing center in San Francisco. And there, there was a lot of um, people that were from were from other parts of the country. A lot of white folk who um, never were curious about my family, about where I was from, about, and I was like, wow, this feels so cold compared to where I just came from. Like, this is, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, and, and in a way it felt like, well, I get to be private. Like I get to kind of bring my story inside a little bit. Um, but I guess what, when you were saying that, it just reminded me how, um, the environment was very much, uh, a caring environment. I walked into what it was already kind of a caring environment. And it had, you know, there was dysfunction, but there was a way that people had were developing really authentic uh, relationships. Uh, and so it felt like um, every conversation felt like there was intention, like it was building. Um, and so even though I was, I came on the scene very kind of late in the game and, and a lot of people had been working together for a long time, I, I felt kind of caught up in a way. Like, I felt like, oh, I miss those uh, crazy times, but, like, like I'm caught up to speed. I, like, I talk to people. They, they ask me how I'm doing. I know about their families. They know about mine, that kind of thing. Also, I didn't get a chance to thank you for the introduction. That was very touching. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> like, I, you I'm guys glad a lot we to were, me. You did. We were, uh, <laughs> You guys meant a lot to, to me. I mean, wait a minute, did I miss that? I thought I thought you did. That was actually 
the first thing you did and you're doing it again and guess what now you're making me feel a certain type of way <laughs> i'm gonna make albert cry i'm gonna make albert cry go 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 sorry that's not it's not the vibe of the moment hey. <laughs> i think what was really cool about our space was that it, it was the space where we were trying to like organize confusion right we were trying to you know be the the the, the misfits that help the misfits but we were all trying to do something very positive out of it, right? And I think what wound up happening is that um, there was a space where people had to get to know each other. And I, I love the way that you put it, Jorge, about just like how journalists mind things versus some, you know, as I would call it, real work was being done and actually, you know, trying to change lives, right? We were talking about discussing morals and values and putting things that meant something to people and really kind of like giving it its space, right? And I think we weren't prejudiced about that because we included even our colleagues in that, right? Because I think like coming from that line of work, I think, you know, genuineness really counts. And I think like young people aren't stupid, you know, they can sense when something's not real and when something is. And and we saw some of that backlash with some of our young folk, right? But I think where, you know, where it came down to us three was just that even through the process, we had to like really maneuver through that to really be like, hey, you know, we understand where we're working. We understand who we're dealing with, but we still have to sift through all of it to really find the realness of where you build these relationships that mean something and have some type of longevity, right? Um and, and I think, like, that's where you, me, and Jorge become kind of like that example of just, like, when that foundation in building relationship is real, it does stand the test of time. Regardless of how many interactions we've had, we always come back to that one moment that says that meant something. And I think that that is just truth in just us three being on this on this podcast i think it's truth to how genuine that work is and how real that work is because i think if um we took that journalistic approach it might have just gone in the archives and that's it hmm. the archives that's a scary place to go um yeah i i, I feel like I mean, as my memory serves me, when you both left where we were working, it was like the floor got ripped out from under me. That's what it felt like. Because um, it was like we had we had reached a point where things were kind of working. <laughs> things were working a little bit, and it was great to see the two worlds work and not fight against each other to work. Um, and then when it all fell apart, it was just like, ah, this is, the end was like, so I could see the end. I could see the door. I could see the stop sign. <laughs> like, this is, this, this, yeah, it's done. <laughs> there's no, there's no coming back from this. Um, uh, so, uh, not to discount what I just said, because I, I still, like, you know, it's true. But there was also, like I said earlier, 
there was a history and there was a lot of dysfunction and there was um there was some there was a lot of kind of relationships where um the the way the power was negotiated wasn't necessarily fair um um and and you know i was saying like uh, maybe some of the young people weren't being seen as kind of fully human and kind of holding really big stories um and there was work being done to kind of have people respond be more responsive to that but but the work there was still a lot of work to do and so i remember there were these patterns around like i feel like there were some brilliant people who shouldered a lot of work but were not recognized or were not um like kind of held respectfully or in high regard um and albert you and i remember us talking about that like there were some patterns that we would see like why is this person always getting like talk to that way why is this the the brunt of every joke or why is this person um and there was stuff that we were trying to work on and kind of not subtle in subtle ways but like yeah i remember stepping away and feeling like oh no now it's like all, no holes barred people are just gonna go ham and it felt like it got a little bit that way um that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It was just... Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think that's what, and you know, that's interesting because I think that that was uh, kind of like the turning point for um, me to really be like, you know, well, am I about this work or am I about this life? You understand what I'm saying? And then it was a distinct thing about you know what you do professionally versus what you do personally, right? Because at the end of the day, it was just like my motors kicked in and I was like, you know, fuck professional for a moment. This is real ass shit, right? Like when you're seeing kind of like this, this environment take over and start looking at people a whole different way. And then all of a sudden it starts, it sounds derogatory. It starts becoming demeaning. I said, you know what? Nah, this ain't really going to happen because this person may need allies. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And I said to myself, you know, this is just something that's very natural to me, right? Where I'm like, you know, I, I don't like seeing that level of relationship happen between, you know, this level of ignorance, right? Because that's what I can call it. I can call it ignorance, right? Um, and I don't know. I think, you know, I've lived my whole life that way. And I think, you know, to see it unfold in an environment where you're supposed to empower was just kind of like the catalyst of just saying, well, you know, professionally, I could walk away. But personally, I just can't see it happen, right? So I think, you know, to what you're saying, Jorge, I think it really was kind of like, yeah, as I mentioned before, you know, maneuvering through the dysfunction to make sure that we understood, nah, you know, this is this is something that we still have to be able to do because we as people who try to empower relationships have to be about what we say and be champions of that, you know? Um, I have a quick question. Um, after you guys, you know, moved on to new careers and new places to work, um, did you have similar relationships that were like what we had at a new American media or was it ever like, do you ever feel that it was similar or did you always feel like, you know, it was something very special that you developed with people here because it was a very unique environment with a lot of different people and perspectives and children <laughs> everywhere? Um, 
I was wondering if, if that if you guys ever had a similar experience once you guys moved beyond that. I mean, I think I think that was a very unique for me it was a very unique experience. Um like I was describing earlier, um, I ended up at a place that felt very cold. Now over time there were some relationships that I formed that um I really appreciate. Um and there's some relationships uh that but but they were different. Um they were more like slow burn, kind of long it took longer. Um, um but I, I think yeah, I think it was a very unique kind of moment that in a unique place that allowed for a, a kind of bond to kind of happen or not happen, you know. Um Yeah, no, I <laughs> To me, uh, our experience was very unique. Um, even though I did youth work um, after that, right? Like, um, um, you know, I was still connected with uh, a lot of people who had not only brought me to NAM, but, you know, I was grateful because those people who put me in NAM also gave me opportunities outside of NAM, right? And then what was really cool about it, though, is just that, you know, it's because those people who still helped me after NAM also still had a connection with NAM, right? But but to really have, like, what I got from it, right? And again, the proof is in the pudding right here where, you know, I haven't lost touch with Jorge you can't lose touch with Jorge. You can't. It's not allowed. I'm saying, right? Because when you find out what you get out of an environment that really exposes you, um, it's it, you have to cultivate it. You have to treat it with respect, right? You can't just ignore it. Um, I think Nam provided that environment, but the thing is, it's just that, you know, man, I really appreciated the relationship that I had with Jorge and that I had with Imeng. You know, and I had with a few others over at NAM where I was like, yeah, I want to be able to go ahead and and keep that going and cultivate it, right? Because I think NAM was a very special place in its own right. Now, mind you, the Titanic was a special place. You understand what I'm saying? But wow, but I think at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> what we pull from it. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Oh, oh be because the submarine bit. is that why? No, might but anyway. Although it's relatable in very in many senses, but well, yes, well, I've always I've always been I've always been known to ride that line. Oh, yes, but, we know. No, but that's what I'm saying. I think, I think from the hardest places, <laughs> I think from those hardest places, you get the most pure. And and I hate to be so cliche, but I wouldn't be myself if I wasn't so cliche and metaphor. But man, you know what? You put enough pressure on a coal, you will get a diamond. So. Shine bright like a diamond. diamond one, son. You dropped the diamond one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can't, I can't claim that as my own. So, but you, if you put too much pressure on a diamond, you get it. What? I don't know. What, 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 what do you get? Jorge? Let me know. What do you get? Oh, More that's what diamonds? I was about to say. You see, that's yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> or you get Albert. You get, get Albert. You get, hey. you get Albert for life, apparently. No, well, no, 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 no. Don't don't even go there. You guys are. I just I just used a submarine Titanic joke. Oh, that that damn. doesn't that doesn't you know. Well, suffice to say, Jorge, Albert's love for you will go on and on and on. Accurate yeah, statement. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. No, and and not only that, but I think like. I have to make sure that you also understand, I mean, that, you know, you were part of that journey, too. So, again, it's almost like this. It's like, you know, Nam was just that experience that you can pull the pieces that you wanted from it, right? Um, and at the end of the day, if you wanted it, then you you had to show it its respect by giving it its space, right? Um, and, you know, I think even we discussed this even before we started recording, right? You know... I think of about our origins, but I also think about, you know, I, I will always bring this up, right? But I will always bring up Orphan Andes and us there, like around like one thirty in the morning, all the way to closing, right? And mind you, this is off work hours. There was nothing for us to be like doing anything professionally. But man, the level of conversations that we had and everything, right, wasn't something that was built off of like, you know hurt, pain, or anything, it was based off of us enjoying time together. Period. And why wouldn't you want have to have a relationship where you enjoy time together, where you don't have to discuss, oh, you know what happened in the office? You know, oh my God, this happened in the office. Oh my God, do you remember this happening? Because I think that experience for us, when we were sitting down till four in the morning, it was just random ass bullshit. Was it really four in the morning? That because we why were we out? What spurred? I honestly, I I remember being there, but we I don't out. remember why. I don't remember I know. how. <laughs> I know, I know how. I wanted an omelet. <laughs> That's what well, it was. Gotta get that omelet. Okay, and I'm, it, I'm in, in, in our story, right? In our story, and I'm talking about like the relationship of Jorge and I. It always starts out wanting either an omelet or a chicken wing. I thought it was French toast. Yeah. yeah. Am it, I misremembering that too? Okay. No, I did have French, French toast. toast. We were uh, one time. But I think Albert and like, I were gonna go <laughs> get some. Uh, we were gonna go have dinner. We were, I think we were gonna go to like a fried chicken spot, and then on the way we stopped to get some gas, and they had fried chicken at the gas station so we picked some appetizers up and then Albert was like yo we're eating chicken to go get chicken and uh, it was a really <laughs> I was like this is a really important moment to remember yeah that true fucking story chicken bro. to go get chicken that's true fucking story we, we at a gas station we got chicken at a gas station it was good <laughs> On our way to go yep. get chicken, right? And and, and and don't knock it, don't knock it, don't knock it. I mean, you have to have it. I mean, if you do, I guess you do. That's funny though. That's really funny. But um, I I am curious since since you guys you guys knew each other from our former off works work, um, and you know, you guys you know went to different jobs. You you know did your own thing. Um, what I am curious about is. When, you know, 
as me and Albert talked about in our previous episode, like life is busy. The older you get, things are happening. You're married, all that stuff. So how do you guys as friends slash people, you know, who who shared the same space together on a daily basis? How do you um, kind of keep that going for yourselves? Like, how do you like always know, like, oh, I can always count on Jorge or I can always count on Albert. Like, how do you guys maintain like just the base level of like we good <laughs> as two men that's difficult actually I, I don't know that that it's been easy um i know that that there were uh you know we we had we had a i mean albert got me very excited about djing again and so um we had uh slam who um who's was kind of the activator. He was like the Jerobi. And he just like he heard he heard that we were excited and he booked us. <laughs> so when, all of a sudden when, when was that? All of a sudden we had a regular gig and we were like, yo, we can't just talk about it. We gotta be about it. And so <laughs> and then we had so then it's like our relationship grew in different ways. And we we're seeing each other. Um yo, Slam is Jerobi for real but yeah it has been hard there's and like, like I really our relationship started in a way that that we were seeing each other every day and we were processing stuff every day uh and then our relationship had to adapt because we weren't seeing each other every day and we both had these things that we were trying to work on I feel like it's a work in progress still I mean I feel like I feel like we've reached a baseline but I still feel like you know I wish I saw him more regular I wish I saw him daily it's just my life isn't in that place right now. Uh, and then when I went to school, I, that, like that feeling kind of multiplied for um, not only him, but other friends as well. You know, school can be very isolating. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm not quite comfortable with how much I see Albert. I'd like to see him a lot more. I don't know how that's I don't know how that's going to happen. Maybe we build a house together somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> or buy some real buy a, a pear orchard up north and have like a retreat space for the fam. I don't know. Yeah, so I feel like in the back of my head, there's like, um, how am I get closer to the people that I want to be around? Like that's the question that I entertain from like all the time. You know? Well, I'm 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 mainly asking and to to, to kind of out myself in a way because I do that all the time. Sorry, Albert. I just want to say this really quick. Um, um, uh, the margin call that that used to live here, um, you know, was created by me and Russell, who also worked at New American Media together, and it was like a way for us to like reconnect and work together, you know. And then that went away, and so I'm I'm. I may have to. I may have to edit. I may have to edit this out later, depending on how I feel. But um, it it, it kind of left me wondering um, for people who you know weren't just friends. They had like a thing together, like they worked together, and then they were friends after that. And you grow up and you do things and da da da. Do you still need a thing? Do you still need a thing to keep that together, or can it exist without a structure? And I've been wrestling with this question for so long now. And being as you guys are so close, it's like, do you guys need a thing? Is that required? Does it help? Does it hurt? You know, you know, um, first of all, shout out to Slam 
you know, I'm going to make sure you get the link so you can listen to this because at the end of the day, you know, he's he's he is an integral part of our interests. Right. Which I think is really good. Right. But I'm going to have to really go back to our first conversation about like you just can't fake genuine. Again, Jorge and I started off as professional working relationship. We did. But, you know, as that started evolving and evolutionizing, the words were heavy. The words had meaning. And then we started appreciating the use of words from each other's mouths that they weren't just either verbal or on print, but they were in action. So the thing is, in time, those words just started really manifesting to be more than that, right? So I think what winds up happening is that thing that you're really like pointing to is that it took two people to really understand that I have faith and belief in what your words mean. Now, I don't think a lot of people can do that with other people, right? And that's like I said, you know, trust is a really good foundation of that because, you know, you have to allow yourself to understand that when you rely on somebody's word, um, you're going to hold it to a whole different regard as you start to get to know this person more and more. After NAM, you know, I was a mentor out in Oakland for the Latino Men and Boys Project, right? And um, Paul Flores is someone who who really kind of like, again, embraced me and, and embraced, you know, all the work I did at NAM, all the work that I did before that with, you know, the Young Women's Development Center over at Strive and all those places that the Bay Area knew me for. He introduced me to a teaching um, where the focus was palabra, which is word in Spanish. And, and it's really based off of just like this teaching about how to keep your word as young men, right? And it so resonated with me so much because, you know what, for me, that's how I always lived my whole life. Jorge always gave me his word, no matter what. He always gave me his word. If he, again, Slam, Slam, we love you, Slam, but here's the thing. Slam got us the gig, but then he bounced like three weeks later. (laughs) Wait, what? He's like, y'all guys. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. His computer, his computer. No, no, no. His computer crashed. His computer crashed. No, no, no. He had. No, this is the thing, though. This is the thing. Okay. Hey, 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 hey! Don't defend him. Here we go. Here we go. Why a trust issue? No, 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 no. He said he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't do it anymore. No, but he did. He played with us. You know what? Then, but his computer wasn't quite working. It's okay. Don't worry. Yo, trust me, Jorge. Don't worry about it. He's gonna love us anyway. He loves me. He loves you. It'll be okay. No, no, but no, no, because there's this element there about no, because listen, listen. No, because there was okay, okay. I gotta, gotta, no, no, because we're talking about vulnerability. I think sometimes. Uh, it, you know, it, it's DJing is fun for it's a lot of fun for me, but it's also there's there's some anxiety building that builds up and like, and sometimes the DJ goes ahead of you and they and they do really well and you're like, yo, I got to come harder like, uh, but but it excites me, but it's also anxiety producing. Now I think, I think 
I think sometimes that anxiety gets the better of us, you know, and I think I always love listening and, and you to, see, and you I always see that love right listening there, to Slam speak. I always you love see, listening to Slam spin. Like I felt you his, see that right there, you mean? The music he selected, the way he blended it. I was just on my friend, right? <laughs> and Jorge comes in, and Jorge comes in, and here's the thing. It's a fucking natural instinct with this guy where all of a sudden no, no, he's it's just true, like, though. you know, you can't fake shit like that. You know no, what I'm saying? No, it's true, though, because I, I wanted... And that's what's really cool about Jorge, that you know what? Why wouldn't you want to keep someone like that that gives you that level of balance, right? Where I'm coming in at one angle, and here's the thing. He's coming in and saying, wait, 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 hold on, pull back. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, we live the same thing. We have the different respect, you know, perspectives. But damn, you know, as a friend, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put faith and trust in his word, right? So I can be like, yeah, listen, right? I saw it this way, he saw it that way, but at the end of the day, it, did, it doesn't separate us in who we are as people and our relationship. Sorry, Jorge. Go ahead, continue the defense. No. <laughs> no. It's not defense. It's just like, yo, I would see, I would see how <laughs> agitated it would get him. Like, and then his computer would crash, and then he'd be like, yo, I just lost my whole collection. And I'd be like, we got you, we got you, we got you. I mean, we, to a point Albert where and I got to play. But I always missed hearing because I feel like there were a handful of times where you played, and I was like, "Yo, Slam! He's got the he's got the deep cuts. I love how he blends." Like, "Yo, Slam!" But it was just like, you know. So 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 to my questions, sorry. Oh, going back to your question, I did have some thoughts. Like, I think it depends on the relationship. Like, I feel like there's some people that I hold like that are very dear to me that had a harder time transitioning out of the workspace. Like the, the kind of relationship we had in the workspace was so like, it was so, um, it was so like the relationship was shaped so much around these like really small nuanced things that happened at the workplace because of the dynamics at the workplace that, that when that went away, I, it was, it was harder. It was harder to maintain. It was harder to um, connect, and and um, and then it was like, then it felt awkward to kind of introduce new things or to or to like introduce new vulnerabilities because it was like, wait, that's kind of not what we are. Am I doing too much? Am I not seeing it for what it is? Am I? Yeah. So, uh, and then there's other relationships where it's like it, the, the transition is smoother, like. And I, and I don't know what makes what work differently. I just know that I've experienced where, like, some people that I hold very dear, like, I just, it's, it's still a little awkward. And some people, it just was, it happened really smoothly. I have some theories, but I don't. So you don't, you guys don't need a thing to, like, keep your relationship good? I think it's automatic. I think it's something that just genuinely happens. Um, it's, it's that thing where I, I hate to put the, this word on it, but it, it's, it's a level of, of understanding and chemistry that has to happen. Hey, um, chemistry. I don't know if that's the rock solid thing, right? But I do know I think that you're going back to if diamonds. we were on two different, um, well, yeah, I mean, 
it, it sometimes it really just revolves around science, dude. <laughs> like, you know, I took a class called the biology of love because I thinking that we were going to have heady conversations like that. But what it really wound up being was a fucking biology course because it said biology of love and it wound up being about like just, you know, um, everything having to do with this idea of relationships, right? But on a physiological and biological level. And when I asked the professor, why did you call it the biology of love? He said, oh, because more people would have enrolled in it, right? Clickbait. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting, right? Because I think like, well, yeah, it, it was definitely a clickbait for the class, right? To, to not only get uh, that science requirement, but, you know, in my heady thought, right? I was like this. I was like, well, I came in looking for something. I came out with something else. I appreciated it. But here's the thing. I think like to Jorge's point, is there really something that defines what that connection is? I don't know. Right. Because it's only that intent. If I had not enrolled in that class, right, I would have not found out what it was. Same thing with relationships, you know? Yeah. I, I need the course syllabus before I will engage in a relationship. (laughs) <laughs> I need the course syllabus and the cliff notes. Well, yeah, I, you know, I have, I have I textbook if you really want the science of it, but that that would suck. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I think it just depends on the person. I think these are the things you just figure out, right? Yeah. I think sometimes, though, uh, with time, I don't know if this is true for you, Albert, but I, I feel like sometimes... Um, you'll meet someone and you'll say, oh, oh, this is a unique kind of spirit in my, that I'm around. And, but although that might be true, that still doesn't mean that like the, uh, that everything else that makes relationship, the relationship happen is necessarily in place. So you start to recognize like, oh, this is, this is a kin folk. This is a, this is a kindred spirit. This is, this is uh, someone I resonate with. And so there's this kind of like, you're able to kind of recognize a little bit more readily, like your people. Um, but it do- that doesn't make the whole thing work though. There's a lot more that has to happen, like time together and like uh, interest and, and stuff. But like all of that is so it's, it's like, it's such a, such a broadness to it that it's, at least that's how it's worked for me. I know there's people that are like, you know, I'm gonna sign up for meetups and I'm gonna make friends that way, and we're gonna we're gonna be friends that like to play frisbee, and these are my friends, and that works for them. I I I've I've uh, I've never quite kind of worked that way, but you know what's a so I think to your original question, you mean about like have we found relationships out like after Nam in that way? You know. Um, I can say that I think I have not because of that that uniqueness of what brings in in a relationship, right? Like, yeah, you know, it sucks because life happens that way where all of a sudden you don't have enough time for your friends. You don't have enough time to dedicate to these things. But you know what? We've known each other for uh, almost uh, 14 years, I think, right? So that's 2007 and we're in 2023, right? Isn't that crazy, right? 14 Stop years, making right? me feel old. And I think when you really put the number to that, you get to 
Well, you know, when you put the number to it, then you have to really appreciate, man, 14 years is 14 years. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's just within itself an accomplishment because I don't know how long relationships or like friendships and relationships are supposed to last. But damn, you got to give it its kudos for it being that long, right? And then, to be honest, if I have had to compare relationships to what I have with Jorge, I, it would be unfair because I think at the end of the day, like, I do have some other people in my life that play that really important role. But the thing is, is that each of them is so unique in its own way that I think that's the hardest thing to determine of what is this one solitary thing that really bonds, right? Um I think when it comes down to it, um, these are things that in those moments you have to recognize that I do, I do say one of the things that I have to really put in as a foundation for me is that, you know what, you have to genuinely like being around this person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, I know it's such a small ask. <laughs> But for some people, yeah, I mean, for some people, that's hard. Like, I know that some people that can't stand being in a room with somebody for more than 30 minutes. And, and then here's the thing. I'm like, well, you know, you're not really going to, you know, cultivate anything in 30 minutes. But like, you know, again, I, I go back to why Jorge and I have developed such a strong relationship in my eyes. It's just because, you know what, time dissipated when we would like sit down and just talk, man. Like... He would tell you, like, you know, there were times that we would go grab that chicken wing. But then after that chicken wing, then all of a sudden we're walking through the streets of downtown Oakland at fucking one, two in the morning or walking around the lake. And then all of a sudden, at a certain point, somebody says, oh, wait a minute, I got to go home. Yeah, after Man, when, when, when time dissipates like that and you don't really... Yeah, we did and that's that's the crazy part right like that's what i'm saying like those are far and few man you know it, they don't come around all the time so it would be unfair to say that you cultivate these things but at the end of the day there's something that you have to want and you have to genuinely say i like being around this person you know and i and now i can say you know i love being around this person right because like it's kind of like the precursor to the real thing, right? Of, of, no, this person is now part of my life and I have to make an effort to make sure that that person continues to be part of my life. And, and, and that's where I say that, you know what, regardless of time and space, that effort will always still be there. It sounds like a love that's letter a to Jorge. Oh, damn. And I will no. always... You know what though? You know what you made me think of. There's people. There's uh. Wow, that's. There are people so that you grow to love that you don't like, and that's, that's always really weird to me. Can we just make sure that we get a soundbite of Yiming just saying that, like singing? I'm gonna put it on my ringtone. Just make sure you save it. Don't ask me to sing. I will keep going. Right. I will one, yeah. keep going. If you invite me to. It. 
Yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap up this episode, and we kind of, I mean, we, we, we explored a lot of things, so I'm not even sure what the focus of this episode is, if I'm being totally honest with you right now. But I feel like there's a lot to say in in how like people who work together can form really these tight bonds, and even though you become really close because you're like basically in a in, in an echo chamber of sorts. Um, and then you you leave said echo chamber and you go into your own thing. Um, it, it, Albert was right. I think he said something about like you have you, you still have to have that like a genuine interest and desire to keep that person in your life, and and you have to be real about it or else essentially like you know you're you're not gonna find it. You're not gonna get it because it it's not it's not real. It's not genuine. Um, but if there's anything else you guys wanna want to end on I'm open I really appreciate you both and, uh, I'm sorry that I have my name hey no I, I appreciate both of you man yeah. so does that is that mean you two are gonna build a house together now I know Jorge a mentioned ranch. a ranch you're gonna build a ranch together We're at the is, that, is that an actual thought process or are you just <laughs> there's gonna be pear, pear trees dance floor you know, you uh, know, swings. Yeah, this this is what I was about to say. Like I was saying, like it has DJ room, it has hammocks, it has like there we great go. view. It might even have yeah, some yeah, chickens. Yeah. Where where is this ranch chickens. gonna be? Yeah, in your mind. <gasps> Isn't that a quote you used to say? In my mind. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? That's that thing, right? is someone's thing. Jorge's. Whoa! I don't remember who. No, that was that was Jorge's. No, that was no, that was Albert. Because right. I'd be like I, Albert, why you say I, that? I, I, and I you'd be like, was it mine? Just now. Was it mine? Because okay. I decided. It's you true. Would like it's this. true. I can't. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Hey, hey, real, and real quick, shout out to some of the people over at Nam because watch this. I'm just gonna go ahead and say Jorge. Yo. What is that one quote that we saw on somebody's legal pad that stuck for the rest of the life? And we took a picture of it, it just so we can immortalize it. I know what it is. I know it. I Paul. can't remember. Are you Paul ready for it? it? You- Paul did it. Paul. Paul did it. I remember. I hate it. Paul did it. Oh, Yo, Paul's baby graduated from high school. Blank that blank. Did you see that? Right? Can you believe that? Right? Wait, what was the quote? Yeah, you don't blank remember that the quote? Blank. Right? Uh, Albert? Dude, and you wrote it with like calligraphy. Yeah, it like, was fucking, like, like you wrote it. Yeah, it, it's like, it's. Dude, I'm gonna look, but here's the thing. I'm going to say, I, I'm going to say it, but it was Milk a Bitch or some <laughs> shit like that. It had to be. It's either Milk a Bitch or that was, Milk that it was, bitch. I don't remember what it was. I don't know what it was, but it, oh it was like. I remember it, that. It was, it oh was like in, 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 in like Paul script. So it things. was just like in nice letters. I was like, wow. No, but that was him. But, you know, Paul. that that is just like, I think, Shout a great to way Paul to Tux. just say that, you know what, that's where you appreciate. That's right. That's where you appreciate those unique relationships. Because here's the thing. Even though I haven't seen Paul in years. God damn, is that a good memory to hold on to? Shout, shout out to Paul. Shout out to Paul. Shout out, shout out to Paul, Paul Lindsay, because real. he is 
That's right. The biggest fan of Quest On Media. I I don't know why. I don't know how this happened, but he is my biggest advocate. Good. And I love him for that. I love Shout Paul. out to Paul. Paul B. Good. Milk that bit. Milk a bitch. I can't Shout believe he Paul. said that. What was the context of that? <laughs> it, it was either milk a bitch or that. It, it just you know fits what? in everywhere. I, that's... <laughs> It, it just fit That's in everywhere. That's what was he awesome said, Paul about said it. Universal, yeah, Paul yeah. said universal, universal truth. That's yeah. all he did. He still and does. People would get caught he up. Still people does. would get yeah. caught up in the uh, bravado, but it's like, yo, are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah. To what he's saying? Yeah. yeah. You know, he was teaching Sunday school, and, and, Catholic, and you know, just to make Catholic sure that church. we. That's Paul. Yeah. That's Paul. That that's a common saying, man. You know what? You never, you never, ever, ever can go ahead and count out that Paul will always, always amaze you. So I just want to thank Jorge and Albert for once again coming on today's show. I really hope we see you guys again in the near future. Um, and I hope we expand on bigger and more heady topics because I, I do love, I do love it. I'm not going to lie. I love it. Um, and... It brings back such really rich memories of our friendship, our relationship, um, everything you guys gave to me when I was a, a, a wee, dumb 20-something-year-old. So, again, I really appreciate all that you have done and are still <laughs> doing in my life. You've been brilliant. All the, you've been brilliant from day one. Yeah. Come on. yeah. Shout out we to don't talk you've about, been brilliant no, 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 from no. day one. Also, shout out to uh, Teeter Totter podcast coming out soon. Uh, <laughs> Uh, wow. Wow. All right. That's you have to pull that out of the That's archives. So you can, okay. that no one knows about. <laughs> yeah. It's coming soon. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. It's about I, to drop. I'll believe it when I see it. People, people, people are listening it. to us like, right now and they'll be like this, you know, I don't get it. You know what? Their future selves will thank us, though. Shout out to Teeter Totter Media. Well, thanks again, guys, and thanks everyone for listening to this episode, and we hope you're back for our next one. So quest on, and we'll see you guys later. Bye! This episode of Fractured Frequency is a project of Quest On Media and is produced in Richmond, California.